Sounds good. I'm a little stuffy right now, and I feel like I might sneeze. Uh, uh, it's all right, dude. I'm, I'm, I feel really sick. So, I feel like we do the show, and we both sound so stuffy every week. People are like, yeah, they probably just snort mountains of <laughs> and then do a kick it to all the people who can quest like a tribe does before this did you really know what i was comprehend to the track force why cuz getting mentioned welcome back the, the relatively speaking podcast we are recording on monday february 20th it's president's day joe i'm your co-host jared mintz and joining me today as i just alluded to michael joseph nardone joe how's your president's day going who's your favorite president Man, that, what if I told you that was my absurd question? Okay, let's move on. It's not. It's, oh. it's not my absurd question. But I was thinking about it. That's not really an absurd question. That's like a friendly, boring question. Yeah, so who's your favorite president? It's weird. I mean, I feel like the older you get, the more like inclined you are to hate all of them for the most part. And the more like recency bias you get. Like When I was a kid, I thought Thomas Jefferson was really cool. And I kept like getting older and reading more about Thomas Jefferson and being like, oh, no. This, not guy a great joke. Have, yeah. this guy might not have been that cool, but I mean, like, I don't know. I'm not about to rationalize slavery or anything. Everything's like relative to the to their errors, I suppose. Um, I I would have to say my favorite president's probably Barack Obama, though. Yeah, that seems like a little bit of recency bias. When I was a kid, I, I thought Bill Clinton was uh, was awesome, and then he turned out like he's not that awesome either. Mass incarceration and stuff like that, and uh, he passed some iffy bills and. Uh, so I guess I'm going to go Obama, too, but I'm sure, like, in another eight years, I won't like him as much as I like, like right, any exactly. other president. Because, like, the more exactly. you just fight, you just keep finding out stuff, and they're all not great people. Right. We're going to probably get killed for this, because we're going to be prisoners in the moment for picking Obama. It's like saying LeBron is better than Michael Jordan or whatever, but um, it's kind of hard to pick a favorite president, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I love, I love them all the same. Unless you're, like, a real historian and you're like, yeah, Martin Van Buren did X, Y, and Z, and it's like, I don't know anything about Martin yeah, Van Buren. Yeah, he opened up some trade route between us and, I don't know, between the Baltic Sea, and it saved us whatever X amount of money. And Are you making that up, or is that real? No, I'm making that up. Oh, okay, great. I, I wish I like, had that oh, kind man. of knowledge floating around in my head. How smart would I be? Right, we wouldn't be talking about sports and absurd questions the way we do. Um, but with that said, we have a show to get to today, and... As much as you all want to hear us make up things about our former presidents, I think that I think we will pass that step in the show. Joe, Jared. the one thing, the one thing, <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying your name today, keep throwing it out there so people know it. Uh, obviously, the big thing to talk about today, Joe, is uh, All-Star Weekend, but really what happened after All-Star Weekend is we find out DeMarcus Cousins finally gets traded. It had seemed all day Woj and even Mark Stein and some of the other you know major basketball reporters on Twitter we're talking about the Kings, you know, kind of taking offers and Vladi Divac working with, you know, every exec in the NBA seemingly to try and work out a DeMarcus Cousins trade. And reports were coming in that it wasn't happening and that it was happening. And then, you know, around around midnight last night, finally happens. Boogie is staying in New Orleans, Joe, as the Sacramento Kings and New Orleans Pelicans agree to a trade. And the haul back for DeMarcus Cousins, I don't know, to me is a little surprising. So our final deal is... Cousins and Omri Caspi to New Orleans for your boy Buddy Heald, Tyreek Evans, my boy Langston Galloway, and the 2017 first and second round picks of of the New Orleans Pelicans. What do you think of that haul back for Boogie Joe? Uh, the haul doesn't seem that great. My my theory is that basically this is kind of like the a situation where maybe Sacramento uh, Sacramento was feeling out trades. 
looking for a Godfather offer. Didn't really get one. And then, like, it was All-Star Sunday, and all this stuff started to leak. And maybe they're just like, oh, man, we really can't bring Boogie back at this point. Like, this is, like, the 95th year in a row. We've kind point of, of no return. Yeah, they yeah. kind of had to do it. So I think they were just like, we could, and plus, like, with the new contract, CBA, like, all that thing's looming. They didn't want to give them that, like, new massive extension that they could have gave them. Maybe right. they were wary of that. So maybe it was just one of those deals, like, all right, this is probably the best we're going to get at this point. Maybe the best we're going to get. So, like, let's just pull the trigger on this because we can't have him come back now after all this nonsense. Right. I mean, we're talking about a guy that's got another year after this on his contract, and then he's, you know, up to hit the market as an unrestricted free agent. And like you said, you know, we're talking about a $200 million contract for a player that hasn't taken the team to the playoffs, you know, has a rap for not really getting along with teammates, not propelling his teammates. You know, say what you will, whether it's culture or whether it's cousins. Obviously, things just haven't worked out in Sacramento with both sides. Uh, I was surprised by by the trade, though. Uh, the thing that I found the most funny was there was a report that uh, that Sacramento was already telling the teams no because they had some great deals on the table. Like, the fact that they thought Heald, Evans, Galloway, and a first-round pick was considerably better than anything else they were being offered kind of... I don't know if it tells you how clueless they are or how low the offers were for Cousins, which was another thing I was seeing that, you know, there's just there wasn't a crazy market for him. And people weren't willing to give up a lot of assets or any other, you know, big players to, to help the Kings turn around their rebuild. And this is what they wind up taking back. And it's just it's it's funny to me to see Cousins value so low because, I mean, he's a top 10 talent in the league or so. We've seen him be a positive on this team. And when he goes to the bench. You know, everything kind of goes to crap for them. So it's not like they lose with him necessarily on the court as much as just not being able to put talent around him. And you just, you look at offers that have gone out before and what other guys or packages have been worth. I mean, a couple of years ago, the Celtics wanted to give up four picks for the draft spot that Frank Kaminsky turned into. <laughs> and now we're seeing Buddy Heald, you know, bring back to Marcus Cousins, essentially. So I was pretty surprised to see it happen. But like you said, it just, it makes sense that, that the Kings have been talking about moving on from Boogie for a while, or at least we've known that it hasn't been working out for, for them. So I, I guess I just, I was surprised to see it happen last night. I really was. Well, there's a reports coming out that the King's owner really loves Buddy Heald, which I guess makes sense now if this is what the hall is. It's just Buddy basically what's going to be not a lottery pick first rounder this year. And then just like everybody else is just extra pieces. Um so it, it is strange. What do you? Did you? I kind of felt bad for Boogie yesterday. So he had to ask those, answer those questions after the All Star game again. Do you feel bad for him at all? Uh, I mean, not really at this point. I, I did for a little while, but I mean, he got traded. So he. I don't know if this is even what he wanted. You know what I mean? I think he just wants to be a part of like a winning situation. But I think he kind of. I think he. We've spoken about this before on the show a lot, and I've kind of gone both ways in terms of thinking. You know, well, it's Demarcus. No, it's the Kings. Well, Demarcus is a great player. Well, Demarcus is great, but he doesn't seem to, you know, get it in some aspects of, of things he needs to do differently. Like I, I don't kill him. There are some people out there who just think he's, you know, this this awful cancer to his teams, and that he's so immature that he'll never be able to win. You know, I over over the past year or so, I think I've. I don't want to say I've started to lead more in that direction, but I've started to give a little more credence to the idea as opposed to just saying, no, he's this great player and the Kings just can't, can't get it together around him. So I, I feel bad for him to a sense, but I think he does 
have some, you know, I don't know, self-examining to do to, to kind of realize, you know, what he needs to do differently in New Orleans than he did in Sacramento. At the same time, I mean, he could have been perfect in all aspects and the Kings probably weren't going to win with him. So, like, I feel bad that he was stuck in that situation and that he's had to deal with the reporters. And obviously it gets to him. You see it take a toll on him. You you see the way he responds every now and then. And you're just like, damn, this guy must really hate this. But, like, he, he got what he wanted now. He's going to play with Anthony Davis, who's a friend. And they, they have, you know, similar Kentucky ties. And I, I don't know that the Pelicans is necessarily a great situation for him. I mean, we're talking about a team that, you know, just on Friday, we were talking about that eighth seed in the West and teams that could feasibly make, make a push for it. And we were like, eh, I don't really know if it's in there for the Pelicans. They, they, they're just not good. So I don't know that this is going to be that much better of a situation for him. But, like, I, I, I only feel bad for him to extend. What about you? Uh, well, I mean, it was All-Star Weekend, so it kind of stuck that he had to deal with that during a moment that's supposed to be light and fun and not really anything serious. I know stuff happens during All-Star Weekend all the time. I know this is this is it happens every year to him though. Um, I yeah, that's I think your point about the New Orleans situation. It is kind of funny. Like I was watching uh, Sports Center this morning, and some of the NBA guys were pretty excited about it, and they thought New Orleans was um, measurably better. Um, I don't know if that's the case. Yeah, I mean, like they're better. Obviously, you don't like you're you're not giving up a ton to get Boogie, but I mean now you just have two giant unicorns, and then what? Right, right. And then what? You know, yeah. I mean, Drew, Drew Holiday's a very nice player. Obviously, I, I think Terrence Jones is a nice player. I like that they were able to pick up Solomon Hill last offseason, but the, this team wasn't competing for a playoff spot before getting to Marcus Cousins. So what is he supposed to do there? You know, is he he's going to put them on, on his shoulders and make them, you know, a 500 team the rest of the way? They're, they're 23 and 34, which is still, you know, a couple games behind where the Kings were. I, I just I, I don't know where they go from here. It's exciting. It's fun. It'll be a great team to play NBA 2K with. Uh, I think this also, I think, you know, looking at the benefits of this, I think this helps Anthony Davis because we know he didn't want to play the five. You know, he really wanted to play the four. He doesn't like taking the beating that a center takes. DeMarcus Cousins is a perfect guy to get in there and play with him. At the same time, I mean, I just, I don't know how well these guys are going to play off of each other. You have two big men. This is this just, the NBA is not a big men dominated league anymore. I, I don't know. I don't know how much upside this has. No, me neither. That's my, I don't, I don't want to say concern. I guess, yeah, I guess that's my concern for a team that wasn't in the playoff team anyway. So maybe this gets them over the hump and gets them the eight seed. Right. I mean, they, they still, you know, they, they still struggle offensively. They're the 27th ranked offense in the league. So hopefully Cousins will help them out there. Uh, you know, defensively, this should make them a little bit better. They, they're currently ranked ninth in defensive rating. And now they got, they got Cousins who could be, you know, feasibly a, a better rim protector if he's a little bit more engaged. I just I, I I hope this works out. I really do because I think it's fun, and I, I think this makes New Orleans one of the more fun teams and one of the more watchable teams. It's just you know the roster is still a mess, and they traded some of their depth. Langston Galloway's a, a solid player. I you and I were just talking about not being crazy about Buddy Heald the other day, so that's a wash. Obviously, Tyreek Evans is take him or leave him at this stage of his career. The guy's been hurt a lot. I just I. I don't know. It, it's fun. It's fun to see a trade, and it's fun to see a blockbuster, and it's fun to see Boogie kind of get freed. I just kind of wish he was going to a better environment. No, that I, I think that makes sense. But, I mean, at the same time, we were just saying on Friday that we didn't think any blockbuster trades were going to happen. So I guess this is a net win for the entertainment 
Yeah, one one hundred percent. Um, we'll we'll get we'll talk about the trade deadline in a in a minute. But first, I wanted to see you know if you had any other thoughts from All Star Weekend. Uh, obviously, the big winner was New Orleans. First, you know, getting boogie, getting boogie obviously after the game. Anthony Davis also wins All Star MVP and scores a record. What did he score? Fifty two points. I, I just had the box score open. And I fifty-one or fifty-two. Yeah, he had fifty-two points, which is a record broken by. Uh, he broke Wilt Chamberlain's past record, which was forty-two. He took thirty-nine shots to get it. I mean, listen, twenty-six to thirty-nine is nice. It's it's an all-star game. We're not really going to count efficiency, but uh, Anthony Davis drops fifty-two. He was a lot of fun. You and I were pretty close, though, on our predictions for this game. Russell Westbrook had forty-one. He was pretty close to to taking home that MVP, and very well may have if it wasn't for Anthony Davis. What were some of your other thoughts, though, on All-Star Weekend? Did, did you watch much of it? Did you enjoy it? I think all in all, most people would probably agree that this was one of the, the less memorable All-Star Weekends in recent history. Yeah, I mean, everybody says that depending on what happens with the dunk contest almost every yeah, year. Yeah, 100%. So, I mean, like, I watched dunk contests. I think the issue with this year's dunk contest wasn't just necessarily, like, I saw people like, well, if they had actual NBA guys, and the, one, they're all NBA guys because they're on NBA teams. Two, like, yep. if they just made their first dunk attempt. Yep. It would be a totally different story. The problem is, like, you lose all that excitement. Like, as soon as they miss that first attempt, you're like, eh. And then, like, you know, you had the drone thing with Aaron Gordon, and that took, like, nine days to happen. And, uh, like, yeah, that kind of, like, that, going back to Nate Robinson when he won that dunk contest, when it took him 95 tries to do that one dunk, um, that's what kills the dunk contest. Is it's We're so watched, used to watching YouTube clips where, you know, they could edit out the first 10 tries, so we just see that final awesome dunk. So, I think moving forward, I hope moving forward, these guys are like, all right, let's try to be semi-realistic with our dunks and just make the first attempt. Um, because I think we just have unrealistic unreal- expectations as fans uh, as far as what we're going to see. Um, the game itself, um, I never really cared for. Um, I only watched parts of it. I thought the highlight was Durant giving Westbrook the alley-oop. And then, uh, and then the bench kind of like all laughing at them. You know yeah, what I, mean? I, I wish I, it was weird. I like probably rewound that <laughs> ten times when they were showing the bench reactions because Russ and KD didn't even look at each other. I mean, it was really cool that they had that play. That it was kind of like a, a give and go. Also, like I, it, it almost seemed like they had that plan because I, I was thinking like, oh, KD's definitely going up with that, and then he swings it back to Russ, and then they get to the bench, and it's like everybody's going nuts, and like. Katie's like looking for eye contact, and Russ doesn't even want to look at him. I, I but they were both like, laughing. Yeah, yeah, they do. So I mean, I mean, like, I think it was like I think Durant desperately wants well, him and Westbrook to be cool at this point, and I think Westbrook's still kind of angry. I mean, that's me just totally speculating. Yeah, you, you think he's kind of angry? I mean, every comment he makes, they, the guy was shooting around at, at the own basket by himself. But that's who he is, man. He's just a petty dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, he's, yeah. No, I'm just picking on you, saying kind of angry. He's clearly holding this. And, like, all weekend, he did everything he could to make sure him and Durant weren't together. He's like a scoring lover in high school. He is. And, listen, you know, we again, this is just something that we talk about seemingly every show. We understand it to extents. But it, it's funny It's funny watching media coverage now. And for a long time, everybody was so pro-Russ, pro-Russ. Yeah, KD's wrong. I can't believe Durant did that to Russ. And now it's like, all right, Russ is getting annoying. We get it, Russ. You're upset. Russ is being petty. Russ is making everybody else hate KD when they shouldn't. It's funny to watch the tables turn a little bit on Westbrook in this little lover's quarrel or whatever you want to call it. But, yeah, it, it kind of felt like that that give-and-go kind of broke the ice a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes moving forward, I think. Well, the amazing thing, none of it really matters. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, like Oklahoma City's not going to be better or worse because of that oop, and same thing with Golden State. They're not going to be better or worse. And uh, if they're if they're destined to be friends or enemies, they're going to be destined to be that regardless. For sure. Anything else stick out to you uh, over the weekend? Um, Did you watch any of the celebrity bowling on Friday night? The celebrity bowling? I didn't even know there was yeah. celebrity bowling. I, I watched a little bit of the celebrity all-star game. I watched some of that, too. What was your biggest disappointment in the Celebrity All-Star Game? No, I never... I don't know why I continue watching watch it. Every year, there's one or two ball hogs who aren't very good. Uh, uh, Romeo did, Miller. How did he play at USC? He didn't even look like he could dribble a basketball in the first half. I have no takes on Romeo. Um, I, I call it the Kevin Hart effect. Kevin Hart was kind of a ball hog for, like, 9,000 Celebrity All-Star Games in a row. Right. Um... Yeah, the Romeo thing, I guess that's a good question. I mean, he's older now, so, like, when you stop playing, maybe? I guess. You just fall apart? He, he also guess. wasn't just on USC because he was a good basketball player. He was a walk-on with uh, his dad having a huge connection, so. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I was disappointed. I thought he was going to ball out and look better. I mean, I guess his final stat line wasn't bad, but we really don't need to pay too much attention to what Romeo Miller did. Uh, I wish we saw more Peter Rosenberg in the a celebrity game. I was expecting him to like do big things. And I feel like he took one shot. <laughs> he was one for much. two from the floor. Right. Uh, the kid from Stranger Things was pretty decent. Yeah. I mean, I didn't watch the whole game. I watched bits and pieces, so I don't. I didn't even realize the kid from Stranger Things was in that. He he was solid. He had a good night. Uh, anything else though? Anything else from All Star Weekend? I didn't watch much of the Rising Stars game, but uh, obviously I saw Jamal Murray absolutely lit it up. Him and Buddy Heald were kind of going toe-for-toe for the the MVP, and Jamal Murray just went nuts down the stretch there. Um, How about Jammer scoring 73 in China? <laughs> that, that's obviously the talking point. I saw you at me on Twitter about that. We will not we'll not get into Jimmer scoring 73 in China. It's not his first big game out there, so, yeah. Jimmer, the Marty Genetic Basketball. Marty Genetic. <laughs> Marty Genetic Basketball. <laughs> well, he does – Kelly Scaletta or somebody made the point that, like, He's a great quadruple A basketball player. Like on every level, but the NBA, he can score. Yeah, I mean that's fair, and he might be able to score in the NBA. No, he, he can't. can't. We have proof. He stinks. Stop he it. Can't Stop. Do, he can't do anything else in the NBA. He can feasibly score though. No, hey, I he can't. At, His shooting percentages were horrible. I was at a game. I think he scored seven points in last year when he was on uh, ten Whoa. days for picks. Seven points, Joe. Fire. You, can't score, you can't score seven points in the NBA. How many shots do I get? <laughs> Do I get 50 shots in a game? I think you, I score seven. You can get 50. I still can't see you scoring seven. Uh, we'll obviously wrap it up with the main highlight of All-Star Weekend, which was Chris Porzingis <laughs> winning the skills competition. You and I got that one completely wrong, but way to go, Chris Stapps. I can't believe I didn't believe in you. Yeah, Chris Stapps, we apologize. Hey, I have a question for you. Let's um, get it. You were talking about Chris Stapps, and we were talking about Anthony Davis before. The term basketball unicorn, are we overusing it like in general? Yes. Yes. Everybody can't be a unicorn, right? Right. It's it's dumb. I kind of thought it was dumb. Like, it was cool when it came out because, like, oh, my God, Kevin Durant thinks Chris Stapps is cool. Like, that's my reaction as a Knicks fan. But since it's like Chris Stapps is a unicorn and Anthony Davis is a unicorn and Giannis is a unicorn and uh, – Boogie's turning into a unicorn and Lori Malkin from Arizona is a unicorn and – yeah. Right. And Markel Fultz is a unicorn. He's a small <laughs> unicorn. He's a baby unicorn. Just yeah, unicorns like, are supposed to be rare. They're not rare anymore. Yeah, it's it's not fun. All right, Joe, that, that kind of wraps up All-Star Weekend, but let's let's end up let's end our NBA conversation. You think we're gonna see any other big trades happen before the deadline, which I wanna say is Thursday of this week. 
Big trades? No. I'm sure there'll be some minor deals, though. So this is it, then. You think Boogie's the only big guy in the go? No no Jimmy Butler, no Paul Millsap, uh, who else? Rajon Rondo, I'm just saying that because he always used to be the big name. <laughs> Obviously, he's not a big name anymore. Paul I Pierce. Did some, yeah, I did see some rumors that uh, the Bulls are looking to shop. Uh, Taj Gibson, Doug McDermott, and uh, and Robert Lopez. I, I kind of find it weird that they would do that and not trade Jimmy Butler as well because it kind of looks like they want to blow everything up. I mean, I think Jimmy's a guy worth building around, so I do think you know you keep him if you're trading guys. It just kind of surprised me that they're they're almost looking to get rid of everything around him, but not him when he's the guy who's been you know the rumored trade target for a while. Yeah, I mean, like I, I'm of the belief the Bulls could blow it up without getting rid of Jimmy. I, he's only 27 years old and. He's a really, really good, really good player. You're not going to get somebody similar like him. You're not going to get value back for him that's of equal value or whatever. So I, I can see blowing it up. I mean, the Celtics did it with Paul Pierce. They blew up the team. I mean, they, the way they did it was different. They were gifted some pieces. But um, I th- I still think you could you could rebuild this team around from scratch around Jimmy. Yeah, I think so, too, and I don't think it's a bad idea. I mean, he is a little bit older. I think he's 27 now. It's not like he's, you know, one of these young, young guys, but clearly has a lot of basketball left in him, and he's a very good two-way player. What about Melo, Joe? Um, no, I think out of this point he's staying out of spite. Yeah, yeah, it sounds about right. I mean, he's got to agree to wherever it is that he's going to get traded, so obviously it's on him more than it's on the Knicks. Well, I mean, it's also up to the Knicks to find a place he'd want to go. Right, but that's him. He would want to go there. It's not just like, well, hey, well, no. I mean, hey, Phil Jackson was the one who helped them put that thing in the contract, and if they didn't want this to be the situation, they wouldn't have put the no trade in there. By of the way, course. no trade no trade contracts, like the no trade stipulation, that is the dumbest thing the owners ever agreed to. Yeah. Yeah, I, I believe that they wanted to take it out of this collective bargaining. Well, they're, it's going to be really hard to ever get it out now, because if you're a... Uh, if you're a stud player, if you're LeBron or Melo, or if you're in that like upper 30, 40, 50 guys, you don't want to lose that because like why? Like could you imagine being Melo and be like not having the no trade thing? Then Phil Jackson on a spite sends you to like Sacramento. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it'd be amazing. Too bad it didn't happen for Boogie Cousins. But uh, I digress. Would have been nice to have two unicorns in New York, or three unicorns, or four of them. What are all the unicorns? Unicorns. All right, Joe. I think that wraps up our NBA talk, and I think it's time to introduce a new segment, so why don't you hit the music? Seal, make that money. Conspiracy Theories with Sharon Vincent Joseph. All right, so we kind of got tired of bashing people and bad tweets. RIP to the bad tweets music, which we loved so much. It was one of our first babies and projects. Joe, I tip my cap to you for creating that excellent probably at some point Grammy winning music, yes, but we're yes. going to replace bad tweets with, we, we already hit the music, so I can't tell you to hit the music again, <laughs> with conspiracy theories. And I think, Joe, you're the one that has today's theory, so why don't you get into it? Sure. Let me, let me, let me, say this be- <laughs> let me preface this before, uh, stop yelling at me, Jared's friends. Um, before you get going, this is not some. This is something like you know, it's a, a legit conspiracy theory that we may or may not actually believe in, but like it helps explains why sports are the way they are. So my conspiracy theory for today is that Michael Jordan, widely accepted best basketball player of all time, actually isn't that, and Nike brainwashed us through those commercials back in the day, and that's why he's considered the greatest basketball player ever. Yeah, I mean, I think that. I can't say I agree with it, and I don't think I'm supposed to. I think that the point of this is to (laughs) 
kind of kind of hash out these conversations. I think that there's feasibly validity to it because when something gets stuffed in your face and you know jammed down your throat, you kind of are force fed it and you kind of have to believe it. And I do think you know, obviously, if he's not the best, he's one of the best. When you present this, Joe, do you have somebody in mind who you think is actually the best? Well, no, I think. All right, so here's the deal, right? I think we do a weird job when we talk about basketball players, how we just, like, discount big men from the conversation altogether. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's never – it's only guards, small forwards, point guards that are in this conversation. Like, rarely do we bring the center in. Are you talking about currently or all-time? All because time, for ever. me, for me, number two all-time is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Unless you work for CBS and Kareem's not even in the top ten. Um Really interesting. Well, they they kind of had all this thing about, it. but um, I just think like it's weird because basketball's historically, I know it's becoming more positionless now, but historically, like people have very defined positions, and like to you can't compare Kareem and Michael Jordan in any possible way. They didn't play the same game, even though they both played basketball. They didn't play the same game, and I think Michael Jordan got the benefit of the doubt. Like he was the first big commercialized athlete. And when when TV became more national, like it wasn't just- yeah, like like mega, like not like a bird and you know magic who were big, but like this was like different extents. Yeah, like this is when like there was also like there's more TV networks and um, the game was expanding and um, Nike just did a wonderful job of presenting him with those commercials. And I do think like if those commercials weren't there, or if we shift it back a generation or two, and those were those when those things like that technology started, Jordan wouldn't be as widely accepted as easily the great. Like, there's no argument against Jordan now. Like, everybody just accepts it. It's go, It's almost like Babe Ruth. Like, I know now base, baseball guys will talk about other players being better than Babe Ruth, but Babe Ruth is part of the lexicon of the sport. So, like, when you name say best baseball player ever, somebody will say Babe Ruth. That's even just a, uh, not even a baseball fan because they just know the name. And I feel like that's kind of like where we're at with Jordan. Right. And no, and I think that's a good point because I think Babe Ruth kind of has similar like marketability, even though we're talking about a guy who, you know, hasn't been around for five, six decades or however long it's been. Um, you know, he's got the candy bar named after him. He's the name in the sandlot. He's he's just he's a name. He's a brand. And Michael Jordan is a brand more not more than he's a basketball player. I mean, it's almost equivalent to extents. And it's kind of one of it's another one of these like chicken or egg things where it's like, well, is the brand because he's so great, or do we think he's so great because of the brand? And obviously, you know, like you said, you have to give a ton of credit to Nike for building this thing up and for for making him, you know, this incredible brand. But at the same time, I mean, he went on this run that was just like ridiculous and unprecedented. No, but it was precedent because Bill Russell had all those rings in a row. Yeah, Bill Russell had all those rings in a row playing in a league with seven other teams. You know, and I'm not trying to discount competition as much, but like. I mean, that, that that in itself, you're playing against seven other teams where Jordan's in a league with 30 teams. And I don't know if you want to look at that and say, well, that means that it's just, you know, more watered down talent than what Bill Russell had to combat. But I, I just I, I don't you were kind of getting into this before. I think it's really difficult to compare errors more than anything. Errors, sizes, think, positions. Right. Well, that, and I think that's one of these things that happens with baseball is we go kind of positional about it and. You know, you will never say a pitcher is the best player in the history of the sport. It's got to be a hitter because, you know, offense runs sports or whatever like that. And I think that's kind of the same aspect to this basketball conversation where it's like, yeah, well, Michael Jordan won however many scoring titles and six MVPs and six championships. And, you know, how can you even put 
Bill Russell in that conversation when he didn't even average 20 points a game and, you know, he played in a league with, you know, Bob Cousy, who you watch dribble the ball in circles and, you know, you, you think to yourself, Hot Sauce has better handles than that guy. How good was he even? Wow. Hot take. No, I, I don't think, I don't, I don't know. I've seen Hot Sauce play live and Hot Sauce can't finish with his left. So I'm not about to put him over Bob Cousy. But I just think, I think in terms of comparing errors, it's, it's, it's difficult because the game evolved a lot. And competition evolved a lot. And even like athleticism in terms of basketball, I mean, nobody was doing the things that Michael Jordan was doing in the 50s and 60s. And that's not to say Michael Jordan's the first guy to ever dunk a basketball. He's not the first, you know, amazing athlete. Are you saying he's a basketball unicorn? (laughs) Yeah, Dennis Dennis Rodman was a unicorn, I think, on those Bulls teams. But it's just, it's a really difficult conversation But So you you then think Bill Russell is the the greatest basketball player of all time? No, I think it's, I think there's like, Probably like eight or nine dudes you could argue the, the the point for, and we just don't do that. We just, for whatever reason, just accept it that it's Michael Jordan. And, yeah, I, think even, I think I think obviously there's a like there's a case for Michael Jordan to be made to be the greatest player ever, and he probably is. I'm just saying like it's just not as easy and steadfast as we've accepted. Right, and that, that's that's a really good point. And even like not doing the generational thing of going back to the '50s, '60s, and being like, "Well, yeah, they played on a cardboard backboard or whatever." Even looking at like today and looking at LeBron, who's just been dominating the league for ten ten years now without without any hyperbole, he's been absolutely dominating the league, best player in the league for ten years now. And you still look at the comparisons with him and Jordan. It's like. No, Jordan's just the greatest by a lot. And it's like, how could he be that much better than LeBron all time when LeBron, you know, does does all these things that, like, Jordan didn't even necessarily do? Even though, yeah, Jordan was the better scorer and probably the better defender, but, like, it's not it's not miles and miles apart the way it gets played. Yeah, because, I mean, LeBron's the better passer and LeBron's the better rebounder, and I don't think the defense is, like, so significantly better because LeBron could guard five positions and Jordan could guard two. Yeah, yeah, to extents. So, I mean, what do you mean to extents? Was he guarding the four? No, he wasn't. But like LeBron's not really guarding centers, and LeBron's okay, defense. He was, LeBron's, LeBron's defense, defense now is not great. Bit, right? Yeah, so, well, Jordan's bit, wasn't great when he was with the Wizards. He won a Defensive Player of the Year when he was with the Wizards. No, not with the Wizards. Of course, not with the Wizards. But Michael Jordan's won the Defensive Player of the Year and has more. So is Ben Wallace. Does that mean Ben Wallace is as good as Michael Jordan? Yeah, that's what that means, Joe. You're right. This whole thing is to say Ben Wallace is the best player. <laughs> I'm glad you got your point across there. You're welcome. Without being hyperbolic. Uh, no, I, I, I really I think that your your point is good. Of course but it I think is. The, I think at the end of the conversation, <laughs> I'm still saying, yeah, Michael Jordan is the best basketball player of all time. All right. Well, we disagree. Thanks a lot, Nike, for ruining conversations forever. Well, here's the thing. If you're going to disagree, who's the best? Uh, Steve Kerr. <laughs> Thanks. Good talk, Joe. You're welcome. Good thing. And that, that's our debut of Conspiracy Theory. <laughs> well, we tell you that Steve Kerr is the best player in the history of basketball, but just did not have the marketing to match Michael Jordan. <laughs> I'm, I'm being serious about the marketing. I'm not saying Michael Jordan isn't the best. I'm just saying he shouldn't be as widely accepted as the best. I don't have a problem with that. I, I think that what you're saying has a lot of validity to it. I'm just saying... I think I still arrive at the same conclusion regardless, but maybe you're right. Maybe that's because I'm brainwashed. Maybe I'm a sheep. I don't know. Oh, wait. Wait, wait until absurd questions. I have another weird one for you. Well, I don't think I have to wait very long, Joe. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, think, I think you could do your, your weird speaking thing now. Hot time. Got that chance. All right. Should you go first now because of that buildup? Yeah, sure. I'll go first. Do you know what the Mandela effect is? Have you ever heard of it? I have not, and I feel like 
I'm a bad person because I haven't. Uh, no, you're not at all. This is. I want to thank Kyrie Irving for sending me down a YouTube wormhole. What is flat earther speak? Um, we didn't even talk about that yet. Oh my god. No, well, we're gonna be we're gonna be in this lane right about now. So the Mandela effect, right? So I didn't know what it was either. And then like I I started to look for like flat earther truthers on YouTube to see what their deal was. And then somehow I ended up on the Mandela effect, which is that there's multiple dimensions or whatever, but like they're overlapping. They're starting to overlap now. That that TV show with um, Sarah Jessica Parker and those women in New York. What was the name of that show? Sex in the City. Wrong. It's Sex and the City. I just said Sex and the City. Oh. I said it. Oh. I said Sex and the City. I didn't say Sex in the City. Well, I remember Sex in the City, and this is part of the Mandela effect. <laughs> It's it's we all remember the Bernstein Bears is now called like the Bernstein Bears. It's changed names. Is yeah, that what you're but it, like it's I, I I don't believe all of this, right? But there's like certain things that like we're we're gonna remember differently, even though like I remember it being called Sex in the City. In I N, not and and. Uh, but it's sex and the city. And I, I don't recall that being the case at all. There's other examples. Um, in Star Wars, Luke, I am your father. You know yeah. that? Yeah. That's not what James Earl Jones actually says. What does he say? It's something else. I forget. So so explain this Mandela effect then. Why why do we remember things differently than what they because are? Because the, the, the multiple dimensions are changing. <laughs> They're overlapping now. So, like, small changes are going to happen. The, the reason they call it the Mandela effect is because I guess a lot of people remember Nelson Mandela. Oh, my God, Joe. Mandela dying in 1991. Like, millions. But he's alive. But he's alive, yeah. How do people remember him dying if he never died? The Mandela effect. Because in, in one other universe, he died in 1991. Wow. Wow, so what you're saying then, so let me understand this, because I don't think I've been following properly. I'm probably that, explaining horrible. No, 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 probably. Is that <laughs> in another world, the show is actually called Sex in the City, and in the another world... The world I know is Sex in the City, yeah. So, like, I guess what I want to ask is, how did these worlds overlap? I don't know, I'm not a scientist. Like, how did they replace each other? And are we, like, different... Like, are, are there multiple us's in different universes there and is, we're just putting it together? There is multiple us's. But I guess what it is, basically, what's ended up happening is things are just overlapping now or something. And, uh... Alright, here's the definition of it. You ready? Yeah. The Mandela effect is a term for where a group of people all misremember the same detail, event, or physicality. It is named after the instance in which a large group of people all shared the same era... Memory that Nelson Mandela died prior to his actual 2013 death, usually sometime in the late 1980s. Interesting. The Bernstein Bears. How do you spell the Bernstein? I just looked it up, and it's Berenstain. But that makes sense because the author is named Jane Berenstain. Jane Berenstain. Is it? Or, yeah, I think so. I mean, that's what Wikipedia says. So who am I to tell them they're wrong? We, I need to get some examples for you to see if you miss, if this is the, this was the point of the question. I want to get some examples. All right, spell Oscar Meyer. O s c a r m e y e r. Wrong. It's M a. That's the way it is now. Was it? I mean, I don't. I this isn't the thing that's embedded in my brain. I don't know that it was M e y e r. What has it changed? It's M a. It used to be M e. I remember it as M e all the time. Are you? But are you sure you remember it as M.E.? Do you have photographic I remember singing the sign the way you sang it. 
Curious George. No, 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 that makes sense. It's M A Y E R. Now I'm thinking about it. No, see, you're you're letting the universe trick you. Mm-hmm. Curious George, does he have a tail or no? I would think so. He never had one, according to this universe. But these are questions I don't know the answers to. I'm guessing on these answers. Mm, let me see. C C are you a Star Wars guy or no? Not really. C P P O. Yeah, do you know who that is, right? Yeah, he's the gold dude. Right, he's not all gold. He has like a, a a silver leg, according to this universe. A silver leg? You send me a picture on Twitter right now of him with a silver leg. <sighs> Hold on. I I don't believe you. They, they link to it here. So really, so like you're on like this Mandela effect like Wikipedia page. Well, I, I I did give me a Mandela effect example, so we can go through them real quick. Sent. Um, but yeah, they say. That he has a silver leg now. There's a bunch of pictures of him with silver leg. I just looked. Uh, really? I mean, I'm not like a huge Star Wars person, so. No, that doesn't look right. This dude's got a gold leg. He's all gold. He doesn't have a silver leg. All right. Kit Kat. Okay, you know Kit Kats, right? Yeah, I know Kit Kat. How do you spell it? K I T. Uh, what's, what is it? Uh, dash. There's no, there's no dash. According to this universe, I also remember it with a dash. But there's no dash. Wow. My do you remember? Do you remember that Sinbad genie movie? Uh, yeah. Never happened. No. Yeah, that's what this. That's the, the, in this universe. Um. What's the name? What, what was the name of it? I, 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 you can't find it because it doesn't exist in this universe. But I specifically remember the the Sinbad movie of him being a genie, don't you? Uh. Now you're questioning yeah. yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Forrest Gump, life is like a box of chocolates. That's how you remember it, right? Yeah. It delines actually in this universe, supposedly. Life was like a box of chocolates. Past nah. tense. That's what it says. No, no, no. I mean, maybe he says it like twice in the movie, and one time it is, and the second time it was. Remember that mo- the vampire movie with Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, Christian Slater? Interview with a vampire. It's not called with a vampire. It's called with the vampire now in this universe. Oh, then maybe it was always with the vampire. No, I remember. The, see, me and you are remembering the same things, but they're different now. You just keep changing <laughs> your mind. Uh, oh, um, man. Why didn't you do this for conspiracy theories? <laughs> I, well, this is what inspired me. Dude, I'm telling you, like, I blame Kyrie Irving so much for this because I was just looking for flat earth truthers. And, like, you know, they make the recommendations on YouTube on the side after you start watching certain videos. Yeah. Then it's like Mandela effect. I'm like, oh, what's this? And then I went down this wormhole. I'm like, yeah. Uh, Snow White, mirror, mirror on the wall. Guess what? The evil queen never said that, ever, in any of that adaptation of the of the cartoon fairy tale. No, I mean, like, why is it such a thing then? If it Magic never mirror on the wall is what she actually says, according to this universe. Magic ear instead of mirror, mirror. No, magic mirror, magic. Oh, mirror. magic mirror, magic mirror on the wall. Spell, no. spell Fruit Loops. F R U I T L O. Apparently, O O T. No, no, you're lying. No. I'm, I'm telling you right now, go go, go try to buy some Fruit Loops the way you think it should be spelled and the way it's spelled in this universe, and you can't. No, I'm looking at a box that has Fruit Loops, F-R-U-I-T. I mean, maybe it's... Uh... Maybe it's the other way around. I forget. No, no, you're right. You're right. According, know, to, according to Kellogg's cereal, it's R-O-O-T. R-O-C-K. I don't know. I don't know, man. Every I just Googled it, and obviously the first thing that comes up is Mandela Effect. I think you ruined my day. I think I'm going to get, like, lost in this now. <laughs> That's what happened oh to me over gosh. the weekend. Yeah. I apologize. Is, is your mind a little blown that, you know, like, our, our worlds are combining with all the other dimensions? 
dude, it feels like the end of the usual suspects for me right now. <laughs> Everything is like flashing through my mind and uh, the, my mug is about to drop and break and reveal the name Kobayashi. This is crazy, man. I can't believe it. I, I'm, I'm sorry for ruining your day. What's your absurd question? <laughs> That's easily the most weird, absurd question I think we've ever had. I feel like I can't even speak anymore. Um, I don't even want to talk about anything. Like, every conversation is meaningless now. What the hell? Because it might not, it might not be real in this universe. Yeah, it's going to change. I'm going to ask you a question. You're going to be like, that person never existed. I don't know what to tell you. Well, this makes so much more sense, though, like, for me, that, like, I talk about things and people are like, what are you talking about? Mandela effect, man. Wow. Uh, I actually, I, I, uh, I forgot Nelson Mandela passed away in 2013, <laughs> by the way. But yeah, he's he's no longer with us. Yeah, he's but he gone. didn't die in 1991, at least. No, no, no. I don't remember him dying in 1991 either. But I do remember sex in the city and Fruit Loops to spell the normal way and Kit Kat spell the normal way and the Sinbad Genie movie and all that other stuff. Well, here's the thing: is I don't very clearly remember seeing the Ki- the the Kit Kat Genie movie, the Sinbad Genie <laughs> movie. I feel like I remember it happening, but I don't remember seeing it. So I don't, I don't know. That could just be a, I don't know. Well, this universe is Sinbad said it never happened. Oh, but I feel like Sinbad might not, you know, might not be a great source for what he has or hasn't done. Right. He doesn't remember. Right. All right. So I guess my bad, absurd question now is, uh, <laughs> geez, man, that, that, that like took all of the wind out of my sail. I don't even know what to say. Uh, all right, Joe, if you can make one <laughs> in honor, in honor of President's Day and President's Week, if you can make one person in all of sports president of our country, who would it be and why? <sighs> Me, because I'm selfish. Not, you are not. You are not in sports, like uh, an athlete or a coach or an exec. Not like you know a, a writer. Sam Hinkie, because I'll trust the process. Sam Hinkie's not a person in sports, unfortunately. Oh, like my Steve Kerr. No, Steve Kerr can't be the best basketball player of all time and be the United <laughs> States. Welcome to the Steve Kerr podcast. I actually put that as uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, he could be a mascot. That's fine. Okay, who do you pick? So you're going with Kerr. That, that's okay. I was actually going to pick Popovich, so we were thinking along similar lines. It wasn't necessarily because he's been outspoken politically as much as because he seems to have good foreign policy, and I feel like we could use that right about now. So you're not picking Jeffrey Loria? No, I'm definitely not picking Jeffrey Loria. I mean, he's he's a real political person now, so maybe we should pick either him or, like, Woody Johnson. or What about Mark Cuban, who, who claims he's going to run for president? Good luck, Mark Cuban. Wasn't much of a celebrity basketball player, I'll tell you that much. No, no. well, he's, he doesn't exactly have the build for it. I'm not that shocked he wasn't good at basketball. What do you mean he doesn't have the build for it? He's he's definitely in better shape than I am, so I'm not going to Well, that's not, that, like, all right, that's not saying much. Hey. I, well, I'm not trying to be mean about it, but I'm just saying, like, you don't, like, go work out in the gym every day. That's what I'm saying. That's why he should be good, and I have been going to the gym a lot, so. Oh, I'm sorry. Mandela effect you. got me. Maybe in your yeah. universe you go to the gym every day, but in my universe you don't. Absolutely. No, but really, what, why can't Mark Cuban be a better basketball player? He's, he's athletic, he works out, he's in good shape. He's built like a tree trunk. <laughs> so, I feel like you and Mark Cuban probably have pretty similar builds. Correct. This is accurate. I'm not saying... You're, I'm talking, about, you're talking about dropping more than seven points in an NBA game. On well, 50 shots. Why can't he do it in the celebrity game? Romeo Miller took 50 shots. How many points did he have? I don't know. He had a lot of points, actually. I don't know that they came out with a box score for the Celebrity Game. Aww. We're going to have to look that up. Celebrity Game box score. It's not going to exist in this universe. <laughs> what Celebrity Game? Yeah, what, what are you talking about? Who's Peter Rosenberg? 
Oh, man. Dude, by the way, like, I don't want to not talk about it. It's obviously not that important. Jason Williams had an elbow pass in the celebrity game the other night, and it absolutely made the whole weekend for me. Like, made it. It was incredible. Did the professor play in the celebrity game or no? The professor did not play in the celebrity game. I mean, there's game. not a ton of pictures of him and Jason Williams together. Really? Yeah. So the professor's still a thing? Apparently. I didn't even know N1 was still a thing. The mixtape? I don't, I don't think N1 is a thing. Is it? No, I don't know. That's the first time I've ever even heard about The Professor in, like, what, 10 years? Or however long it's been? Something like that. Something like that. It's funny. That's weird. We were just talking about uh, Hot Sauce before. And one mixtape, like, made a stop at my college when I was in school. It was, like, the worst thing I'd ever seen. And which, which like, stunk because, like, I kind of, like, idolized those guys. I don't know why. They're probably not worth idolizing. I just thought it was really cool what they could do. But, like, literally... Nobody could hit a left-handed layup. Like they played, they played a minor league basketball team, and they got absolutely smoked. Like ran out of the gym because like they couldn't do anything. Like they could, they could dribble like for an audience, but they cannot play the actual game of basketball. Well, I mean, given like the skill sets we saw there's on TV, you think if they can, they were good at actual basketball, they would be playing like semi-pro basketball somewhere. And not, yeah, like, and not be like, what's your favorite nickname of the Anne Group? Mine was half man, half amazing. I mean, that, that was a good one. Uh, I don't know. I, I liked hot sauce a lot. Like, I liked everything about hot sauce. When, Skip, to, when Skip Tamalu went to the NBA, did you think he was going to change the game? Because I did. Absolutely. <laughs> I, dude, every, like, NBA franchise that I would start in video games, I'd make sure he was on my team. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> so did I. I thought he was going to be great. I thought he was going like, to, literally revolutionize the way basketball was played. He was also a local boy for me. He went to uh, <laughs> my rival high school, I suppose you would say. What's Skip Tamalu's real name? I forget it. Rafer Alston. That's it. Yeah, Rafer. Rafer Alston. Shout, shout out to Rafer. All right, Joe, I think we've reached the segment of the show where we are babbling and we have nothing left to talk about. So well, I thought you were looking get... something up. No. I, thought I, we were yeah, I, was looking, time. I was looking for the box score for the celebrity game, and I can't find it without an annoying video coming up. But apparently uh, Brandon Armstrong, who is the basketball impressionist. Dude, I am so sick of that guy. I cannot believe that guy is still a thing. Uh, he, he won the MVP of the game. I don't know who that is. The guy who does the videos where he pretends to be, like, Russell Westbrook, and he dunks on, like, four-foot-high hoops, and, like, he speeds it up, and he does, like... You don't know who I'm talking about? No, I don't. He did, he did, he, the really, like, the best video he did, he did a James Harden video, where he just takes, like, 35 steps without dribbling, does a layup, and then does, like, the, the, the eating thing, the eating hand motion, walking back. You don't know who I'm talking about? No, I've never seen Twitter, it. His Twitter handle is, like, B dot something... You know what this sounds like? Another no, example. No, this, is not, this is not a Mandela effect. This is very real. He was on my television Friday night. You don't know who I'm talking on about. On your television, maybe not mine. Don't, I don't even look him up. I don't encourage you to look I'm him not going to. You make it sound like this is not worth my time. It's not. I mean, a lot of people think it's, like, hysterical. I thought it was pretty funny, like, after the first two videos. But then I was just like, all right, I'm over it. <laughs> it's, like, kept getting more and more popular. And now he, he played the All-Star Celebrity game. He actually, I think he was in the D-League for, for some time, and I think he plays overseas. So he's like a real basketball player, just, uh, yeah, also a viral sensation. Doesn't do it for me. Yeah, well, that's fair. Not everybody can be your cup of tea. Not everybody can be my cup of tea. All right, Joe, I think that's all we got for today. Thank, Thank you God. Guys so much. Thank I, you guys so much. I feel for- so sick right now. Yeah, yeah, me too. That that was rough. Uh, Mandela effect. I'm really gonna have to get into that. Thank you, Kyrie Irving. Uh, <laughs> this is who it is. I was looking for flat Earth truther things, and Mandela effect is where I ended up. You actually you called her Sarica Jessica Parker. <laughs> so 
I, I'm glad that you did that. Thanks, Kyrie. Uh, all right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Keep your eyes peeled. We'll see if we have any more big NBA trades coming up this week. We're going to talk about more conspiracy theories. Well, obviously, that's who I mean. That's going to take over our life. The podcast might as well be changed to the, the Mandela Effect podcast. We're going to find but, Sasquatch uh, by Monday. You and your Sasquatch. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at jmidshoops. I have to blow my nose so bad. Joe, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, on Twitter at Joseph Nardone, N-E-R-D-O-N-E, at FanRankSports.com. Thanks, guys. <laughs> All around me are familiar websites. Worn out clickbait. Worn out hotcakes. Bright and early for the daily link dumps. No one's clicking, no one's clicking. Their pupils are filling up their pockets, but not for writers, not for writers. Hide my head, I want to do a slideshow. No tomorrow, no tomorrow. And I find it kind of funny, I find it kind of sad. The internet in which I'm worthless is the best I've ever had. I find it hard to tell you, I find it too hot to take. When people blog in circles, it's a very, very mad world.